Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. This week, Joel Nagel continued our The Gift of Presence series with a Christmas sermon titled The Gift of Mirth. Good morning and Merry Christmas. I hope that you are staying safe and warm. I'm excited to bring this Christmas morning message to all of you who are staying home or visiting family uh, on Christmas Day. Last week, I was pretty sick with the flu. It was not good. Uh, And just before I got sick, I saw this quote and it went something like this. And I think it's really going to stick with me because of the timing of my illness. It, it said, when you're healthy and everything is good, you want 10,000 things. When you're sick, you only want one thing. And that obviously is to get well. I thought about that a lot when I was sick and it was really true. All the little things that bugged me faded away. I just wanted to not be sick anymore. Any discontentment that I had was gone, except for the discontentment I had with having fevers and being sick. I just wanted to be healthy again. You know, the passage that we've been looking at through the holidays as a church is Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, about the wise men. It says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, we've been hanging out with the wise men. We talked about Jesus being the ultimate wisdom for the world. We learned about gold last Sunday, um, and we were going to learn about frankincense, which is for a priest and for a sacrifice, but there was a terrible blizzard, um, and so we canceled that, but we're going to hear it next Sunday, so January 1st, New Year's Day, uh, we'll have our message about frankincense from, from Leslie and I. We put a lot of work into it. It's going to be really cool. Um, and so we're going to skip frankincense for now. I know, I know it's, that's tough. Hopefully you can handle that. Um, and we're going to go on to myrrh. We're going to talk about myrrh today. Okay. Uh, myrrh is for a healer. It's a balm for healing. Uh, and it might be the most powerful of all of the gifts. And I'll explain why. In the ancient world, it was the most expensive. And if you think about it, Jesus being our king and being such a good king and giving us his kingdom, that's a great blessing. It's golden. That's what the gold stands for. And Jesus being our priest that brings us to God and the sacrifice that unites us with God, which is what frankincense is all about, spoiler alert, that's also an incredible blessing. But, If we have a king, kingdom, and connection, but we stay sick with no cure for the sin that ails us, well, then I think we still end up just longing for more and never truly finding salvation. But if we can be healed, well, then that's everything. And so this is an incredible gift. Myrrh is for a healer. I want to ask you maybe a question you don't normally get asked or think about on Christmas. Do you need healing? 
You know, I think a lot of times over the holidays, we kind of injure ourselves. I'm not just talking about the potential for slip and fall accidents, which has grown over the weekend. Things like this, we get into more debt than we intended. We eat more than we wanted to, and we feel bad about it. We are around a lot of people, and sometimes that can get messy. And so we kind of end up limping into the new year after this time that's supposed to be full of peace and joy. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Maybe you're feeling those things. But we don't have to. If you have Jesus, then you have a healer. The gift of his presence, which we celebrate today more than any other day, means that we can look to him and be healed. The wise men knew this, so they fell on their knees and gave him the gift of myrrh. You know, it was always Jesus' destiny to be our healer and to be a very special kind of healer. Let me show you this from the scriptures. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, we have this ancient prophecy, and it says this, With his wounds, we are healed. With his wounds, we are healed. I want you to think about that for a moment. That's an unexpected source of healing. You never think about being healed by someone else's wounds. It's kind of gross, actually, if you think about it. Yet that is how God accomplished the work of salvation on the cross. This makes Jesus so special and I think so relatable. He's got the greatest bedside manner of any healer because even though he never sinned, he's very familiar with sin. He took every one, every sin on his shoulders because he knew that we couldn't heal ourselves and we still can't. You know, the word vulnerable is the, has the same root as the word woundable. More and more, it's incredible, experts are touting the power of vulnerability that the scriptures have always promoted, that Jesus has always been the, the greatest example of. I think society, you know, once saw vulnerability as a weakness, but now it's being seen more and more as a heroic superpower. There's so much power in showing your weakness. I know that's hard for some of us to grasp. It's really at the heart of the gospel. Jesus saved the whole world in his very weakest moment. It doesn't say that by his strength we are healed, but by his wounds we are healed. You know, myrrh makes two more appearances in the gospels and further drives home this idea that Jesus was born to heal us by dying for our sins. The next time Jesus is offered myrrh, he rejects it. This is Mark chapter 15, starting in verse 21. It says, And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour. 
when they crucified him. So myrrh has numbing properties. And Jesus, when he tasted it, he refused to water down the intensity of the wrath of God that he was enduring for our sake. Isn't that incredible? He refused the myrrh. He wanted to feel it all. There were no shortcuts to taking the punishment that we deserved. Myrrh shows up a third time in the Gospels. Um, and in this instance, Jesus has no choice but to accept it, although not for long. John chapter 19 and verse 38 says this. It says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. This is obviously after he dies on the cross. So he came and took away the body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. And so we see here that myrrh was one of the chief embalming spices uh, in, in those times. So if you look at the arc of this, so Jesus, who had been gifted myrrh as a baby, and then he rejects myrrh as he dies for our sins as a wounded healer, is now wrapped in the fragrant balm of myrrh in the borrowed tomb that he would soon abandon and leave empty with the grave clothes covered in myrrh sitting on the bench there. Our wounded healer overcame the grave. And the gift of God's presence would soon be much more than just a Christmas story. It would be the gospel itself, the greatest story ever told. I want to give you one last Christmas present that you can unwrap, and it's this. Take some time, maybe you can't today, but sometime this week, take inventory to see what's broken in your life. You know, a lot of times we try to cover up what's broken. We avoid vulnerability. We have uh, in our house this beautiful resin nativity scene that we got as a wedding gift. And it looks so, it's so pretty, so beautiful. If you come over, you have, to, you have to see it, I guess, next year since we'll put the Christmas decorations away pretty soon. Uh, but if you look really closely at the back of Joseph, his back is cracked. Like it's just missing a whole section. But we love it so much that we still put it up and we turn it and we hide the broken part, the cracked part. I want to encourage you, let's do the opposite of that as we move in toward the new year, uh, out of the holidays. Let's be like Jesus, who showed his greatest power by leaning into his weakness, by showing the world just how strong God can make someone who's willing to obey to the utmost and to be weak. Let's be honest about what's broken so the wounded healer can get to work on us in all of the ways that Jesus can heal through his grace, through his people, through his love, through his word. This is how powerful vulnerability is. When we're vulnerable, we can help other people 
be healed. We can also be wounded healers. None of us is perfect, but we want to help. Sometimes we think, I'm, I'm just, I'm so broken. How can I help anybody? And that's why we're being honest and open and vulnerable. You can change people's lives if you decide to be like Jesus and to be a wounded healer yourself. We're going to take communion. Um, hopefully you have your little kit from church, the little baggie with the communion and the chocolate and the, and the ornament. Um, and, and I'll pray in just a moment and then you can take communion. But I want you to do something with the star ornament. This is what I'd like you to do. So we went through the, the booklet, the, the Gift of Presence uh, was our, our Advent book. And what I'd love for you to do with your family after I pray and after um, Tom and Katie lead us in a couple of songs uh, is I would love for you to talk with your family, look through the Gift of Presence booklet and decide which scripture was your favorite. And then write that scripture down on the star. And if you're able to hang, hang the star on your Christmas tree as a reminder of the gift of presence and of this holiday season uh, and all of our time spent with the wise men and the word of God that's been so good. And then the last thing I'd like you to do is eat those chocolates if you haven't eaten the chocolates yet. Uh, and that's a Merry Christmas gift to you. I'm going to say a prayer. And then there are a couple of worship songs uh, that Tom and Katie sang uh, for us. Uh, but I hope you have such a Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for the gift of Jesus. I want to thank you uh, for just the beautiful story of how you decided to come and be with us, to have your presence among us, uh, and then how it becomes so tragic, but then so glorious as, as your son dies on the cross, but then rises again. And now through his spirit, he's with us, a gift of presence all the time. I pray that as we open presents and spend time with family and do all the Christmas things, that we would remember that we have such great hope in this life because of our wounded healer, Jesus. We take body and blood now in communion, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God. Thank you.